Welcome to Crab Takes and Football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I'm TK, joined by Andrew Holly, and it is our first Victory Monday of the season. Holly, how are we doing? You know, I'll tell you what, yesterday was not bad for a running back, TK. Not bad for a yeah. running back. What a game for our boys. What a game. The Ravens blew out the Dolphins even more than we thought they would. Final score, 59-10. to Kind of 10 garbage points for the Dolphins anyway, but the Ravens put on a show on both sides of the ball. Lamar Jackson set all kinds of personal and franchise records, uh, as well as the team on offense for yards, uh, yards on the ground, points, points and a half, anything you can think of. We probably set a record for it yesterday. Um, man, I, I think we just got to jump right into it, but we are going to follow our same kind of format from last year. We'll talk offense, defense, special teams. Uh, we'll hand out a game ball, talk about our pop of the week. And in as part of our preview for next week, we'll put somebody on the bulletin board. So already started talking about it. Not bad for running back Lamar Jackson. My goodness. I, I mean, what can you say, TK? 17 of 20, 324 yards. Five touchdowns. And none of them on the ground. None of them on the ground. <laughs> I mean, it, he had six yards. He had yeah. two yards of carry. He only ran the ball three times. That's unbelievable. That yeah. in and of itself is unbelievable. And the fact that he threw for 300 yards and, and he threw some nice passes. Now, granted, there was a lot of yak. But mm-hmm. he threw some nice passes. I mean, it, it, the the touchdown to Snead. I mean, both tu- both passes really Hollywood. Now, of course, Hollywood made both of both of them count, but both of them were great passes. And I, I mean, I the the long pass to Andrews that got down to like the one yard line. I mean, dimes all day long. Yeah, the, the impressive thing is it, it, it's, he had a lot of passes with zip on him. You know, the best example was the first touchdown pass to Hollywood Brown. It was in the right spot that allowed for the yards after the catch. And, and you know, that's where, you know, having a dynamic receiver helps because he can get those yaks, but it is on the quarterback to put it in a good spot for him. So, you know, Lamar Jackson put that ball on a line right where it needed to be. And then the other one, he showed so much touch, getting it way out in front of Hollywood and letting him go get it uh, when he had a few steps on Minka Fitzpatrick. And who held him on the play, by the way. So, I mean, there could have been a penalty on that, too. So, you know, Lamar put out any type of throw that you could have asked him to. You said the throws up the seam to Andrews and Sneed. You know, he had the outside routes to Hurst and, and Andrews um, in the flats. You know, he did everything that you wanted him to do through the air. And um, look, man, a lot of people are saying, oh, that's a, you know, junior varsity defense for the Dolphins. And you know what? I don't care, man. Those are still professional football players coached by professional coaches. And Lamar just took it to him. I mean, you mentioned only three carries, and that might be the most surprising number for me, for us at least. You know, you know, other people are going to be surprised by the passing stats, but I think people were expecting a little bit more running early on just to establish the run. But they were able to do that with, I guess, more traditional handoffs to uh, a guy like Mark Ingram, who in his debut it, it, with the Ravens popped one on the first snap. So from that moment, the tone was set and the offense was off to the races for the rest of the day. It was. And, and you know what? Just just real quick, back to the Dolphins, just as a team. Yeah, they're terrible. But I would say, as, as we talked about last last show, you know, the Dolphins, probably the best part of their defense is is what? The secondary. Mm-hmm. So if that's where they've got the most talent, well, I'm looking at, you know, guys like Hollywood, obviously getting as wide open as he could and showing off his speed. Willie Sneed making that fantastic catch up the scene. Um, Boykin making some nice, you know, a, a little a little sort of street ball, you know, when the play broke down for his touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there were some 
there were some plays made by our receivers that you don't we ha- we just don't sure you see them in the NFL we haven't seen them as Ravens fans to see wide receivers making plays across the board like they made uh, in Sunday's game against the Dolphins so that's that to me is is the most exciting aspect of it because as I said. I, it's arguable that, that the most talented part of the Dolphins is their secondary. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And those young those young wide receivers, Boykin and, and Hollywood Brown, they were the starters. I mean, the, I mean, they made plays. They were able to make an impact very early on. And uh, you know, like you said, just haven't seen anything like that in Baltimore in a long time. I mean, that just really hasn't hasn't really happened at all. I think you know we we were mentioning it before we started recording here, but really a lot started with the offensive line and the way that they were able to protect Lamar and the way that they were able to, you know, open up some holes in the running game. And, um, uh, you know, maybe you can get into this a little bit more, but, you know, we were kind of surprised to see Bradley Bozeman get the start at left guard, you know, one of our bigger question marks going into the game. So, you know, what do you think about the offensive line in general? And, um, you know, is this the unit that's going to keep moving forward? I think it's very possible it is. Of course, I, you know, you say, you know, we didn't call it. I'd say we did because, you know, <laughs> as as, as uh, we, we caveated after our choices that it was pretty clear that since we thought it was going to be either Powers or McCary, it was obviously going to be Bozeman in the end. And, and lo and behold, it was. You know, I, I think, uh, it, you know, we should have really – looked more into the veteranosity of Bozeman at this point. So what is it? His third year in the league, uh, or is it second year or third? Year I think it's his league? second year, second year. But still, excuse me. still, but, yeah. but still he, so he's been in the system for over a year. He's had that, you know, he's had a couple training camps under his belt. This is the time when, when the Ravens tend to develop offensive linemen, aside from the higher round picks that end up starting fairly, fairly quickly. Usually there's that, you know, okay, later, mid, you know, later round pick, you know, rookie free agent that, you know, will step in in that year two or three where you, everybody's going, everybody's sort of already discounted that player. And then suddenly he will step in and everybody goes, Hey, great. And then he leaves as a free agent two years later and the Ravens get a, uh, get a, get a uh, compensatory pick. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Bozeman's doing – he's on that same track. So we probably should have looked at that and and maybe maybe uh, called that a little bit better than we did last week. But, you know, I, I do think – this is a very roundabout way of saying it. But, yes, I do think that this very well could be the offensive line for the remainder of the year as long as people are healthy. Um, you know, I think it also does – allow for future movement for Bozeman as he gets comfortable at the guard position sliding over to center when Skura leaves or just taking over for Skura. So there's, there's some, a lot, there's a lot of good things about Bozeman being the starter at left guard. Yeah. So they, kind of tested him right away right on that first play that we're talking about with um with mark ingram they were on the 11 yard line and they and they called a play that required bozeman to pull over to the right side and get a get a ceiling block and uh you know he he did his job and you know that's not necessarily the easiest thing in the world to do but uh you know from from that moment he kind of established himself and um you know, I, I think he will hang on to that job as long as, as long as you know, there's no injury problems or anything like that. So, yeah, uh, this is this is the five that we're going to see. I think these are the best five linemen that that we're, we can throw out there. I was a little bit surprised to see Powers as inactive, um, and maybe that will change going forward. And and you know, maybe not be McCary, but McCary's also the backup center, I believe. Um, or, or, you know, in that interior, something like that, that interior, there's a bunch of guys that can play all three of those interior spots. And I always get mixed up as who can do what, but, um, I think that was the value that McCary brought is that the ability to also play center. So maybe that's why he was active and, and maybe not powers, but that might change going forward. 
it could, but you know what? As I as I thought about it more um, on, on Sunday as the game progressed, you know, I, and, and just to expand upon just the inactives, I think it was surprising as a whole to see not just Powers inactive, but also Jalen Ferguson and Dalen Mack were also mm-hmm. both inactive. I think that was, those were kind of like, oh, really? Uh, especially Mack for me was, I think, the biggest surprise out of the three of those. Um, actually, I really shouldn't say that because Powers was also kind of an eye-opener. Um, but, you know, all three of them, you, you have to look at the history with Harbaugh. And he tends to sit picks unless they are obviously standouts. Mm-hmm. You know, guys like Marquise Brown and Boykin who are obviously showing like, hey, wow, they're ready to play right now. A lot yeah. of times the first couple weeks, those guys get sad. I mean, just think about the trials and tribulations of Paul Kruger. Now, hopefully none of those guys end up in the, you know, now granted in the end, he ended up starting for a Super Bowl team. But but that said, I mean, how many years was everyone going, God, Paul Kruger, what a waste. Um, so, you know, Harbaugh has, you know, for better or worse, you know, a lot of times, probably for the better, Harbaugh has tended to sit draft picks at times, especially yeah. earlier in the season. Yeah, those four rookies, the uh, four draft picks that were inactive and two started. So, you know, those the three you mentioned, plus Trace McSorley was also inactive. So, you know, kind of some kind of a mixed bag on the draft class uh, as far as their contributions so far. But, um, you know, of course, that might change going forward uh, based on matchups and injuries and things like that. Um, some other things to mention about the offense. Half of your prediction from last last podcast came true because Pat Ricard got his offensive touchdown. Yeah, that's right. That is right. Now, now not the same game. Um, so we'll have to see. But, you know, you were we were talking about snap counts a little earlier in the show. And I wasn't able to uh, check this before we started recording. How many snaps did Patrick Ricard have? Because what? What a monster of a player. I mean, we talked about it in the uh, obviously during the preseason, but man, I mean, what an impact he has in a football game at this yeah, point. Yeah, he so he played 24 snaps um, at fullback, and he played 11 uh, along the defensive line. And so, I feel like he he had some pressures along the defensive line. Yeah, am I, he did. Am I wrong? He did. I mean, he had some moments of. Hey, wow, look at Ricard on defense now. And man, what a player. He's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He he did he did end up with the pressure. He also had another key block on that big uh Mark Ingram run uh, to start off the game. So he's impacting on both sides of the ball, which there's not many guys in the league that that can say that. Um you know, getting meaningful snaps. Uh but a two-way uh, player, you know, I mean, yeah. unless they're unless they're that, you know, hybrid cornerback return man that occasionally gets, you know, an offensive play, you know, for, for five wide or something like that. He's a, he's pretty much a white elephant in the league. I don't see him, you know, he's that, he's that rare bird that you're not going to find anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're, we're about 14 minutes into the podcast and I'm ashamed of myself for not mentioning him. But the Mandrews showed that he could do it all yesterday, uh, over 100 yards, added a touchdown. Um, on a Justice Hill run, uh, when he got down near the goal line, Mark Andrews was, was down the field blocking. So really showing that he's got it all in the arsenal, you know, running drag routes, running up the seam, running into the flat. So, I mean, he's going to be a weapon. Um, you know, Hayden Hurst had a few catches for about 40 yards, I believe. And, and Nick Boyle reeled in some as well. So that tight end group uh, showing that they're just as good as advertised. Well, I, the, the more we watched the offense, the more I kept thinking, pick your poison. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was that one drive where I think Andrews had the biggest chunk of his yardage, and he just he just kind of went to town. It was almost like the Ravens were like, hey – you know, Mark Andrews really hasn't been involved much. Let's give him a drive and then go score. Mm-hmm. You know, it, and that's essentially what happens. Now, he, that was that was the drive that I think Ricard scored the touchdown. You know, but 
just phenomenal across the board for Mark Andrews. I mean, how, okay, look, I know we're all, you know, I'm getting Mr. Excited and I'm wearing purple colored glasses and all that jazz, but what are you going to defend right now? Because the Ravens can, you know, you want to have a shootout? Okay. You want to have some crazy ground and pound? We're just going to just pound you into the ground for four quarters? Okay. Yeah, do you right. Want, do you want anything in between that? Sure. Uh, I mean, now, look, as far as the shootout, we're going to have to see how that Obviously, we're getting excited about rookie receivers and all of that. I mean, they'll probably be hot and cold from week to week, but that's why we have Willie Sneed and Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst and some of these other other weapons. So on a week-to-week basis, you don't have to hope for the crazy Hollywood Brown plays or the or the Boykin touchdown, you know. So mm-hmm. I, and, and and as we talked about earlier. Lamar Jackson can run for six yards and we can win. Right. Right. You don't, you don't need him to carry 20 times. You don't. I mean, how crazy is this? And, you know, hopefully, hopefully this continues at even half the magnitude it, it was against the dolphins. But I I mean, man, will this be a fun season if the Ravens can be on all cylinders even five more times the rest of the year. <laughs> wow, that's going to be fun. You know, hopefully, and hopefully it's against some good teams so we can really put on the show. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, even if we talk about the ground game, we put up 265 yards on the ground, and that includes uh, Anthony Levine's fake punt, which I want to ask you about. Um, but still, over 200 yards on the ground plus. 379 yards in the air. So, like you said, pick your poison yesterday. I mean, the, the Dolphins were really hapless, you know, trying to defend anything pretty much. But, um, you know, seeing all of that potential on the field in one game, it, like such a complete offensive performance in which you only punt once, I guess. And even that punt, you recover uh, on a muffed punt. I mean, it was just firing on all cylinders. You, you know. I hadn't even thought about that point, TK, and that's freaking crazy. The fact that we punted once, and and it was a muff punt, and we right. back. Which, great play, you know, great job by Chris Moore, by the way, of blocking the returner from the ball mm-hmm. while yeah. uh, Bethel so could fall Bethel, on yeah. I mean, great job across the board by those guys. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, look, I mean, yesterday – was that a one-time thing? I don't think so. Was it helped by a not-so-talented Miami Dolphins defense? Maybe, but it's real, man. Like the the, the playmakers on this team, Lamar Jackson's t- arm talent, his ability as you know, not just a running back—that's real. So you know, I, we have a lot to look forward to on offense for for this team for sure, and. Um, you know how consistent can they be? Um, maybe becomes a bigger question rather than what can they do? Yeah, I, I mean, definitely, it's going to be interesting to see. You know what happens when you know Lamar gets harassed a little bit, which, as we'll discuss in a little bit, maybe that happens in week two against the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll we'll have to see what happens when there's some a little bit of diversity. I mean, the Ravens almost started the game with a muffed kickoff, you know, yeah. for by Justice yeah. Hill. So I mean, how how quickly did Mark Ingram make you forget about that shaky start to the game? Um, you know, it's it uh it, it, this team, I agree with everything you just said about the offense. It's real. This isn't fake. Um if is it a 59 point offense every week well we'll see um it, but i think it's it's easily a 30 point offense every week um and to think about what that means for the defense and all the residuals of that it it's going to be an exciting year at mnt bank yeah for sure i mean maybe one of the the final things that i'll mention about the offense 
Um, what a cool story for RG3 yesterday. I mean, has has his baby daughter on Saturday, um, comes in essentially getting preseason reps in that second half, taking over for Lamar, goes six for six, uh, 50-plus yards, and he throws a touchdown. That's awesome. I, I feel so good for him. Uh, you know, and and he looked pretty good, too. Yeah, that was like show to the blessing in disguise, not only because of the great story that you just mentioned, but it gives, you know, gives him some honest to goodness game action for a little bit. Um, you know, they get a chance to to give him some preseason action that he missed out on uh, with with his injury. So that's great. Uh, you know, this this uh, this sort of popped up into my head or, you know, earlier today. But I saw that uh, I think Jacksonville. Uh, made a trade for for a backup quarterback uh, the from the Steelers. Uh, yeah, Josh Dobbs. Thank you, Josh Dobbs. So, you know, look, I, I'm not trying to 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 get that excited about Trace McSorley that I'm ready to just give him the backup job. But if somebody came to us and offered, you know, Edvick pick, you know, fifth, fourth round, fourth, fifth round pick for RG three, would you take it? The, there's a certain price at which I would say yes, and maybe a fifth rounder is it because I think Dobbs. What did he net? A sixth rounder, something like no, that. Let's, let's let's look at that. Let me see real quick. Give me a I mean, there's yeah. I mean, there's there's a price on, on everything, right? So I mean, this like the same way that you know Lamar was the backup last year. I mean, he was a rookie backing up, and of course he's a first round pick and. Heisman Trophy, and you know he's got all these physical skills, but I mean, I like I think you have to really seriously consider that because you know McSorley might be able to, you know, you know as good as his defense is, and you know we were talking about we're we're going to talk about it soon. Can he be almost in that game manager kind of role until you know if if God forbid he has to play, can he do that? So. If somebody comes asking, I mean, there were a few hurt quarterbacks in the in the first week here. You know, even a guy like Mahomes was hobbled. Uh, I think it was a knee or an ankle for him. So, um, yeah, I Let's mean, if somebody here. comes asking. It looks like, so a fifth-round pick. They sent a 2020 fifth-round pick to Pittsburgh. And to me, that makes RG3. Now, I, I don't know how, how much you rate Josh Dobbs. I don't think he's bad. But I also would take RG3 over Josh Dobbs. I mean, is that a fifth round or a fourth round pick? I mean, I'm just. I, I, yeah, I mean. You know, not, not that I'm out there shopping RG3, mind you. But if somebody came to us, I I mean, shoot, why not? And and just as a quick segue, just talking about Vedvik picks. I mean, how great is that yet again? Dude. Because it looks like he's going to now be cut by the Jets, I would imagine, if he hasn't already. I haven't seen the news today, but I know they're going to be trying out other kickers. I mean, I, I feel bad for the guy because what a talent this guy has between either punting or kicking. But, man, it's unfortunate his uh, his start between the Vikings and the Jets. I mean, DaCosta sold at the perfect time. Oh, like, my God. At the all-time high of How that big's performance. Let's, let's think about his. So last year, he was a rookie free agent that the Ravens picked up for training camp, basically. Yeah. Wowed everybody. Fantastic. Has that, you know, gets the crap beat out of him in Fells Point or somewhere in Baltimore. Ends up going on IR. Has a good preseason. And somehow the Ravens get a fifth-round pick out of it. He's a kicker. That is crazy, Tony. If if next year when the the Ravens, cho- I hope they choose the pick because if you watch the NFL draft on the NFL Network, Rich Eisen is very good about saying, okay, this pick came from this mm-hmm. person for this trade. Yo, he's he's real stickler for that, and I like that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's interesting when he gets into that detail. He's gonna say. And here's the pick that the Ravens got for Kari Vedvik. And they're going to go through the ridiculousness of the fact that the Ravens got a fifth-round pick. And everyone in Baltimore should rejoice 
and praise the gods for the fact that we have brilliance in our front office. Yeah, and then that guy's going to go ahead and be a pro bowler, and it'll be the greatest transaction in Ravens history. Oh, it will. It will. <laughs> or, or, or that like fifth-round pick will be the key to the trade up that the Ravens make to secure the next, you know, greatest well, well, player. Draft pick Ravens. inception there. It's going to be amazing, and it's all going to be down to Kari Bendik. Watch it. You heard it here first, everybody. And they're going to come to us. We predicted Bozeman, did we not? I mean, come on. Oh, yeah, that's true. That is true. We did We did get that one right. We got man, that who, one right. who would have thought we would get this much Kari Vedvik time? Yeah. This <laughs> man. Acting poetic again, oh, Kari Vedvik. Absolutely. Um, anything else to mention on the offense? You know, I, just on the offense, I mean, what a beautiful, what a beautiful thing it is. And for all of our sakes as Ravens fans, May it continue for the foreseeable yeah. future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, so so my boss at work is a Browns fan, you, and you 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 already know I was uh, running my mouth a little bit. So uh, hope I don't get fired, and hope I uh, hope I can keep that keep that swagger going at work a little bit. Um, and maybe speaking of swagger, let's uh, let's flip it over to the defense because they were so fast and they were ball in yesterday as well they really were i mean it was almost understated but they they definitely made their presence felt uh from you know the 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 pick and and a little fancy run back for a little bit that made you made your heart skip a beat by our man earl thomas to the Mm -hmm. diving interception from marlon humphrey to the massive hit in the backfield by matthew judon Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, what a game. So many players stepped up and played well. You know, even with the the injury to Jimmy Smith, which thankfully at this point sounds like it's it's only going to be a few weeks versus um, several months or the year. Um, so, you know, it, it, they, they showed well. I think, you know, they're, you know, really across the board. I mean, it, there, there weren't many moments where you – you raised your eyebrows. Now, certainly, I think you have to look at the performance of the Dolphins and the talent they have on offense. You probably need to look at that performance by the Ravens defense a little more critically, I think, than you do some of the performances on offense for the Ravens. Um, that said, um, you know, I, I think they performed well. Yeah. I mean, look, the, the secondary was very, very good. I mean, they they picked they had two interceptions, one by Earl Thomas early on to um, kind of keep that momentum going because you know, that, that was after a few first downs by the Dolphins and uh, Earl Thomas came up with a big play to kind of just stop them in the tracks for the rest of the game pretty much. And then Marlon Humphrey on uh, Josh Rosen late. But one of the one of the big concerns on the defense was, you know, are we going to be able to get after the quarterback uh, end up with three sacks and 12 quarterback hits? And um, where's the hurry count? Well, whatever it is, three sacks and 12 quarterback hits is a lot. You know, that's at least 15 times that the Ravens were in in uh, Fitzmagic's face. And uh, look, I mean, you, you can draw that up to. You can draw that up to um, the the Dolphins not having the best offensive line, but look, I mean, the, the players still executed and, and got back into the backfield. So, I mean, credit to Wink Martindale for all the creative pressures he was putting out there. But, um, you know, I thought Peanut and Wasso was really good, uh, especially uh, closer to the line of scrimmage. I thought Matthew Judon was absolutely terrific yesterday. So that pass rush, maybe not as much as we need to be concerned about. But, um, you know, we kind of answered some of those questions yesterday as to who are those guys going to be that are going to uh, show up in the box in the box score. Yeah, I mean, I think this definitely is a even more so than last year. This is going to be a secondary that leads us. But I think the 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 difference is and 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 I mean, no disrespect at all to Weddle and Suggs and the guys that left the Ravens by saying this. 
but you're going to have that dynamic force on the outside that Judon is becoming or has become at this point. And as long as he can stay healthy, I think the Ravens on the outside, whether it be McPhee and, and, and I guess some with McPhee is that, that, that inside pressure that he also brings. But, you know, we also heard the name Tim Williams a little bit, mm-hmm. a little bit yesterday. So that, that could be a really nice emergence. You know, Bowser, I mean, those are two guys they absolutely need to step up and develop this year. I mean, they're those are talking earlier about the guy, you know, Bozeman on the offensive line. They're on that same track of guys that have barely played uh, for the last two, three years. And now it's time for them to step up and, and truly prove their worth. So it's... Uh, you know, they they need to be that dynamic force. Or I don't want to say dynamic force, but they need to be that pressure on the opposite side of that dynamic force that is Judon. And, and uh, you know, but otherwise, it's going to be, like I said, you know, Earl Thomas, Jefferson, Humphrey, Smith, if he's healthy. I mean, that DB, those DBs are just going to dominate. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they were terrific. I mean, you mentioned it, unfortunately, Jimmy Smith with the knee injury, and we had uh, Anthony Averett get a lot of those snaps on the outside. Uh, I thought he was okay, you know, pressed into some uh, emergency duties there. He he did give up some receptions, but look, that's going to happen in the National Football League. Like, you're going to give up catches and you're going to give up yards. But I thought he did respond well with other uh, passes defensed. And so, you know, I I am still pretty comfortable with him out there. You know, it's not like he is a sieve just giving up catches all over the place. But, um, you know, a a outside cornerback rotation of Carr, Humphrey, Averett with, um, you know, Anthony Levine and, uh, you know, some of those other safeties mixing in at the slot and and the big nickel and, and things like that. Yeah, that's still really good, and you know a lot of a lot of secondaries can't roll out that many guys and be comfortable with them out there. So, I mean, I, I thought Tony Jefferson was also good in his spots yesterday. So yeah, the secondary is is going to be is going to be the heart of that defense, and and they they proved it yesterday. You know, I, just circling back real quick to uh, to the corners and and Brandon Carr and Averett. You know, just talking about the fact that Averett got got so much time and be interesting. And and I haven't had a chance to look at this, but you know, how much Averett was on the field with Carr, for example, like was Carr playing the slot or was Averett playing the slot? You know how I, I would like to go back and look and see that because I guess my point is, were they giving Averett time there because it was a blowout? And they're figuring, let's get Averett some time um, at outside corner where Smith would normally play since he was hurt. Or was Carr playing the slot? Because they had talked about having, you know, Carr playing some other positions other than that outside corner. Yeah. So what I noticed yesterday was it was mostly Carr in the slot and Humphrey and Averett outside. Now, like you said, maybe – Maybe because of the game script, you know, that might it, that might be the reason that it that it played out that way. But it was mostly Carr in the slot. And, uh, you know, Averitt played 90 percent of the snaps yesterday. Humphrey was out there for about 90 percent of the stats uh, snaps and Carr was out there for 60. So I think that kind of shows that, you know, the the two outside fixtures were Averitt and Humphrey. And then, you know, based on the on the sub packages and things like that, they were rotating Carr in and out. Uh, along with guys like Levine and Chuck Clark, who was getting in there uh, to play some big nickel and and things like that. So, I mean, those are those are a couple of the guys that we uh, assumed would kind of take on that slot cornerback mantle. Um, didn't see as much Deshaun Elliott yesterday as I thought we would in that spot, but um, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess that's just how it went down. I mean, he got he got fewer snaps than a guy like Brendan Trowick, and you know, Trowick only got three on that last drive, but still, um, I, I thought Deshaun Elliott would have more of a presence on the defense yesterday, but did Jones, how many snaps did Jones have on defense? Cyrus Jones. He had two. And, uh, okay. Well, I pre- certainly prefer that all, mm-hmm. all day, every day. I want to see Brandon Carr in the slot over Cyrus Jones. Yeah. Um, so if that's, if that's how that has to play out, that's fantastic. I like Averett as a young corner. So I'm, 
I'm excited to see him get a little bit of time without the the fear of, oh, my God, if he sucks, because at least we have the security blanket of Jimmy Smith hopefully coming back, you know, say midseason. I don't know what mm-hmm. they're, they're saying at this point, but just just being uh, being cautious or cautiously optimistic, however you want to put it, um, that we'll have him back by midseason. But um, I don't know. It, it, it's certainly a uh, it, it's at least the Ravens have depth. We're quickly going to find out, as I said. I think last week, whether the Ravens have deep depth or not. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the other thing that I that I, I, I opened with is that everybody is so fast on this defense. They swarm to the ball. Judon blew up that screen because he was able to, you know, get around that blocker outside. And, you know, uh, Peanut and Wasso breaking through the line and uh, – you know, guys like Kenny Young and, and Chris Board, who I thought played well as well. You know, both of those guys in that spot were kind of flipping on and off with each other in that other linebacker spot. So, I mean, I thought they looked really fast. Uh, obviously, the secondary was all over the place. So, uh, you know, Michael Pierce is a guy that we haven't mentioned yet, and he looked really good. I mean, you know, a lot of concern about his conditioning and all that kind of stuff. Throw that all out the window. He is ready to rock. He looked really good yesterday. All he needed was a vacation to Italy. Yeah, to lose some weight. Which that I is unbelievable to me. How yeah. Possible. You go on a vacation to Italy and you lose weight. Now, granted, when you're that big, you could probably eat a normal person's like ridiculous sized like Italian meal <laughs> and still lose yeah. weight. So right. that <laughs> that might, you know, that's the one uh the one nice thing I guess about being 350 pounds or however big Michael Pierce is. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, man, I mean, he had a monster game. Um, you know, it just, it, you know, I, I mentioned this to you before, before the show started and I might've mentioned it during the offense, offensive discussion, but you know, how, how great is it to watch this defense and not, you know, because typically look, I know, I know that you're going to give up a pass, you know, you're going to give up, but there's still that even when Jimmy Smith went out of the game and they were up by several touchdowns and, you know, they'd complete a long pass down the field and kind of go, Averett was there or something kind of thinking, Oh man, what are they going to do? And I'm like, but you know what? If our, if our offense is a 30 point offense, it's not going to matter. Even if even if one or two of those long passes actually went for a score, or or let's say they just scored twenty one points, that's all right because the Ravens are a, an offense that can can handle that. The defense, mm-hmm. the defense, no longer needs to carry the load because we actually have what appears to be an NFL caliber high-powered offense yeah for sure I mean man go ahead yeah I was just gonna say I mean like the defense no longer has to carry the load and and you know there's not as much pressure to you know you know keep keep the other offense you know to zero points or like 10 points or something like that but then that also allows the defense to be even more aggressive in which giving up a big play isn't the end of the world but by being more aggressive, you can force more turnovers and things like that. And guess what? That feeds right back into the offense by giving them good field position so that they can be aggressive. So it all works together in that sense. And, um, you know, both both sides were working really well in tandem yesterday and just a complete game on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, I, I did want to give a quick shout out to um, – uh, Tyus Bowser and Tim Williams, uh, two of the maligned guys uh, for not producing much over the first couple years of their career. But um, I did have Bowser down for drawing a holding penalty. Um, he also had a quarterback hit. Uh, Tim Williams had a quarterback hit, and he got he got flagged for a really ticky tack penalty. So I'm not gonna even acknowledge that as like a bad thing. But I'm glad that those two guys uh, were able to make their presence felt. But yeah. You're absolutely right, man. Like the offense feeding into the defense, feeding back into the offense is like what really, really good teams do. And this Ravens team has 
the chance to be really, really good. It does. Man, I, I really hope they stay healthy. I really hope they do because mm-hmm. it will be a absolutely fantastic 2019 season if they can stay healthy. Yep, yep. So maybe uh, quick special teams comments. Um, we, we had the big fake punt uh, up several points uh, on fourth and one. What were your thoughts on that? You know, like, how did you feel you know about what? it? As, as uh, it, you know, the coaches didn't have any, obviously Harbaugh's not going to have any problem with it. Miami's coaches didn't have any problem with it. If they're going to give it to us, take it. Um, I, I have no problem running up the score in the NFL. These people are paid. It's, it's a little different to me than a college team run. Like, like if, you know, Ohio state played Towson, you know, I'm a Towson grad, mind you, I love them. They're great. And, and their their division, but you know, if they were to get routed, you'd kind of go, okay, come on. In the NFL, all these guys are paid. You know what? If you're going to give somebody that opening every time, then they better take it because they're there to win. They're paid to win. I'm spending, you know, if I'm a season ticket holder, I am not. But if I am a season ticket holder, I'm spending thousands of dollars to see my team take those shots when they're there, whether they're up 59 to nothing or they're, you know, it's a tie game. So I, I'm okay with Harbaugh taking that every single time. And quite frank, quite frankly, it continues to put that in the back of everybody's mind that we're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that is the major key here. And I, I don't, there's no, absolutely no problem with running that fake punt at all. Um, because like you said, put it on film. Now they have to defend against that. And maybe that gives our gunners a better chance uh, to cut down any punt returns um, because they have more guys up on the line of scrimmage blocking. But then you look around the league, you see what the Bills did to the Jets, you see what the, the Cardinals did to the Lions. You know, comebacks are possible. And like, yeah, the Ravens were ahead by a lot more than those other teams. But look, anything can happen in this league. You know, I I have absolutely no issue with that. I, like you said, the Dolphins coaches did it, and if they don't have an issue with it and the Dolphins players don't have an issue with it, then it's not really even a conversation. It's just a football play that they ran to perfection. And kind of upset that Levine got caught, but I, I, I thought he had the angle on Grant a little bit, but uh, you know, I thought he I thought he had the opportunity to score, but that did set up. Uh, I believe that was the touchdown to Miles Boykin, but um, was that to Boykin? I was thinking that was to the Mandrews. Was that to Boykin? You could be. Yeah, right. yeah. The Mandrews was. Uh, he was an RG three touchdown pass. Okay, uh, I believe that was to Boykin. It wasn't what took us over the edge to take Lamar out. Mm-mm. No, not okay. at that point. But um, okay. yeah, I got no problem with it. Tucker, perfect as usual. Justice Hill, a little bit shaky on that first kickoff, but but looked all right on the other ones. Um, you know, fumble recovery on the punt. You mentioned it really, really a smart play by Chris Moore, you know, Justin Bethel. This is what he's on the roster to do. Make special teams plays, be that veteran out there to make plays on special teams. He's proven his worth. I mean, pretty good, pretty good first game without Jerry Rosberg. Yeah. I I mean, that's, that's a good point. I mean, we still have return issues. I still, I still don't trust Cyrus Jones. I mean, hopefully he, will continue to prove me wrong, but I still don't fully trust Cyrus Jones. Justice Hill, really like him in the backfield. We'll see what happens as far as the kick returner goes. Hopefully he will clean up that part of his game a little bit, you know, but, you know, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong. How many, how many Tutnuck, this is sort of still in the special season, special teams conversation, but how many touches did Hollywood have? Was it 12 total plays? Not touches, but I mean five I mean, plays. He had five. Oh, he had. He was on. He was on uh, fourteen snaps, I believe. Fourteen. And then snaps. he had five. Okay. Five targets, four catches. Okay. I mean that's almost perfect. I mean, obviously it was perfect use looking at his production, but mm-hmm. add in punt returner to that when he's definitely fully healthy. Why not? 
Oh, he looked god awful in the preseason trying to do it. He I muffed two of them. Him? Yeah, he muffed two punts in a row. Oh, I didn't see that. I oh, guess boy. I missed that. I'll take it all back. I'll take oh it all boy, back. yeah, but yeah. I think I think I think that's awesome. out the door. Is that out the door? Okay. I think so. At least for this well, season. Take it I mean, maybe, maybe they'll chance it over the offseason, see if he can do it, but I think that's out the door. I mean, how much, I guess, I just wonder how much practice he really got. Mm, probably not very much. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I, I think that was the issue. Probably not much. Um, but yeah, I and mean, otherwise. Random, random musings. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Jones had a 15-yard return and a 14-yard return, which... Not too bad. Um, you know, Sam Cook the, on the one punt, he boomed it 56 yards and, you know, ho-hum. That's just what he does. And, uh, yeah, Ravens special teams showing up, looking pretty good, even on the kickoff coverages. We had a ton of kickoffs because we scored so much and uh, no real scares there. So that's that's good as well. Um, anything to mention? Uh, game recap? Any, anything else? And if not, we can... Uh, Move to our segments. We'll start with our game ball. Um, I'm going to start because mine is pretty obvious. Uh, game ball goes to our starting running back, Lamar Jackson. Um, career day. I mean, really, we, we've said it all already. Five touchdowns, over 300 yards in the air. Really showed up on the NFL map. And I think people are going to have their eyes on him a little bit closer now just because he's shown – that he can push the ball down the field and he can make all the intermediate throws as well. So Lamar Jackson game ball for me. How about you, Holly? You know, I I've got to go Marquise Brown. Some of this is a mea culpa in a sense on my, my part because look, he was not who I wanted us to take in the draft. Just plain and simple. I, I wanted Nikhil Harry. I wanted AJ Brown you know, I, there were other guys I wanted aside from from Hollywood, and you know, it, it go it went beyond the 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 health factor. You know, it was oh god, here we go again, Mark Clayton, whatever. But this guy's just the speed truly is off the charts. I mean, the the catches he made. Not that they were necessarily tough catches, but being able to run under that deep ball, being able to almost come up with that one ball that was down the sidelines mm-hmm. that yep. that was, I think, Lamar's first incompletion. But you know, Hollywood almost kind of hauled it in. It was, it was almost he almost gave up on it too soon. I felt like, if I'm remembering it correctly, yeah, but man, what a talent! And um, it's only hopefully going to get better from here for him. Um, Man, he gets my game ball. What a debut. Yeah, I mean, that was awesome. You know, like we said, 14 snaps, four catches, two touchdowns. I mean, kind of a homecoming for him and Lamar. And even Willie Sneed's a Florida guy uh, from down there. But um, what a debut. That was so awesome. Good for him. I'm, I'm so happy for him, especially coming off the injury and all that kind of stuff. It's great to see uh, and to start, him have a big game. You know, yeah. not, only, not only to perform as well as he did, but to not play as much as he did, to start, to only have a handful of snaps and to make the impact he did, holy crap, it's going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, like we talked about easing him in and, you know, kind of limiting his snaps at first, which they did. But I don't think any I don't think either of us saw two yeah, touchdowns what happens in when those he plays two halves. Yeah. When he's on the field, then, every play. Yeah. Like they, you know, I mean, you know, everybody talks about, you know, oh, he's going to he's going to get hurt. He's going to get hammered. I'll tell you what. He knows how to get down. He needs to teach Lamar how to get down like he knows how to get down. There are mm-hmm. a couple moments where he caught the ball and he knew he was going to get destroyed and he just got right down at the guy's feet. And that is perfect. I mean, it, he's got the perfect mindset for his size. I mean, I it's. He, he is going to be as advertised if he can stay healthy yeah i mean like he like he's probably never been like a bigger player than anybody at any level never. so i mean he just knows like that like yeah. he's that's that's how he's been playing his his whole life so i mean yeah of course if he takes a big shot then you know that's that's tough luck but 
he knows he knows what he is. So I'm not yeah. I'm not as concerned as maybe other people would be. But yeah, what a debut by him. Um, maybe now let's go on to pop of the week. And I guess if we have any new new uh, listeners, maybe we can explain what pop of the week is. Basically, uh, the best hit of the week that was legal because you know a lot of things are illegal in today's NFL. But the best legal hit in 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 yesterday's game. I think I know which way that you are going with uh, Mr. Matt Judon. You have to go, Matt Judon. I mean, it was, and I know we for for the listeners out there, we we debated internally about just both of us going Matt Judon because that's mm-hmm. amazing uh, the hit it was. It was such a good hit that as I was watching highlights again of the game before I before we recorded, I still sat up and yelled again. <laughs> about about the hit. I mean, that's just what else can you say? Matt Judon gets gets my pop of the week. Oh yeah. So I, I'm gonna go a different way. Uh, just to uh, bring up another play. I'm gonna go with Tony Jefferson. Um, he he was there for a for a big pass breakup in the end zone along with Marlon Humphrey. Uh, the two of them combined to uh, dislodge the ball from the receiver who was going up to make a play, but. Uh, the big pop came from Tony Jefferson from his safety spot in the middle of the field, and they actually ranged pretty far. I was pretty impressed by how uh, how much ground he was able to cover. So I'm going to go with Tony Jefferson on that play. So Matt Judon and Tony Jefferson get our pop of the week. So now uh, we have celebrated this Ravens win. We need to look forward to week two, the Arizona Cardinals, the tied Arizona Cardinals coming to M&T Bank Stadium, and that brings back a couple of former Ravens and the future Hall of Famer Terrell Suggs and Max Williams. So the Cardinals looked pretty bad for, for about four four quarters, or for about three quarters uh, against the Detroit Lions, and then all of a sudden they kind of turned it on, and in the fourth quarter and overtime forced a tie. Uh, this, I think the second straight year in the, in the NFL with a tie in week one, let's just go through it. I mean, you know, rookie quarterback, you know, big story of Terrell Suggs coming back to Baltimore. What are some of the storylines? What are some of the position matchups that you're looking at that the Cardinals have uh, against us? And, uh, you know, we can, we can kind of go through that and get to a prediction. Well, you know, I, I, I think there, there are four names. I think that you need to look at overall offense and defense. I think obviously you named the one, the biggest name, is Terrell Suggs coming back to Baltimore. But not only is Terrell Suggs coming back to Baltimore, he's coming at the game where he had two sacks. Mm-hmm. So it, he he's still a force to be reckoned with, as every Ravens fan should really still know. And he's going to be fired up. And, you know, whether it be Stanley, whether it be Orlando Brown Jr., they need to be ready to, to block Terrell Suggs. Of course, they did it all last year or the last several years in, in Stanley's case in practice, but you know, the game situation is going to be different and you know, sizzle is going to come to play. Chandler Jones is the other name on defense. They both had sacks yesterday. Um, you know, you've got to watch out for Chandler Jones. He's a beast as well off the edge. Um, that's a pretty potent combination. If they're both firing on all cylinders, of course, really, it would have been a potent combination five years ago, but as long as Suggs is still playing at the level he's playing right now, Hey, that could be something special to watch. So you got to be careful about those edge rushers. Then, of course, on defense, or excuse me, on offense, um, we obviously have to look at, uh, you know, David Johnson uh, at the running back position. Um, you know, he, is, he didn't do much this past Sunday, but he's still a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely something we need to worry about. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and then the other two guys on offense might be uh, Kyler Murray, the very Thank different you. different type of quarterback than uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, much more mobile. You know, they might move the pocket with him a little bit. And then the other guy is uh, Larry Fitzgerald, future Hall of Famer. I mean, he still put up 100 yards and a touchdown yesterday. So, you know, he's still got a lot of juice left in the tank. So, you know, he's going to be challenging our corners. Um David Johnson is not just a threat running the ball, but also catching the ball out of the backfield. You know, he was running routes down the field as well. So that might be a challenge for some of our linebackers and safeties. So, I mean, they do have a few weapons. Um, Like, I think that first three quarters is probably closer to who the Cardinals are than 
the fourth quarter in overtime. Uh, we, you know, we, we were talking about it last week. I think this is another very winnable game for the Ravens. They should win this game, especially at home, uh, despite, you know, some very talented players on this, on this Cardinals team. So, um, you know, you know, maybe as, as we continue to talk about these matchups, we'll, we'll get to our final segment here, uh, which is the bulletin board. And, and you know, again, for the new listeners, um, we give either a player or a positional group some bulletin board material to fire them up and, um, you know, have them ready to go for, for the game on Sunday uh, because, you know, we know that they're all very devout listeners. So, Holly, who are you putting on the bulletin board this week? I'm choosing Matt Judon. He got the pop of the week for me this week, and now he needs to get some bulletin board material so he can come to play next week. We've got Terrell Suggs coming back to Baltimore. Sizzle, the man, off the edge from some of the best defenses in Ravens history. When you talk about guys rushing the passer in Baltimore, it starts with Terrell Suggs. Matthew Judon needs to pick up that mantle and run with it. He needs to show the world that, sure, the Ravens may have let T-Sizzle go, but that's because they have Matt Judon to take over the reins and rush that passer. So, Matthew Judon, it is time for you, sir, to get up on that bulletin board, get pissed off that I'm calling you out, and go rush the quarterback on Sunday and take down the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, that that's a really good point. Um, you know, kind of grew up in Sizzle Shadow. That that's a really good point. I like that a lot. I'm gonna stick on the defensive side and I'm gonna go with Anthony Averett. Um, because now the Cardinals know that he's gonna be getting some extended snaps here. Um, is he a guy that they kind of target? Because you know that they're really not gonna try to target Marlon Humphrey. Uh, you know, he's he's turning out to be one of the best corners in the league. And Brandon Carr, they know they know what Brandon Carr can do just because of his longevity in the league. Anthony Averett might be that spot that they go after. So how does he respond to that uh, after giving up some completions uh, to the Dolphins? You know, do they line up Fitzgerald on his, on his side and um, you know let Fitzgerald go to work? And how does he respond to that challenge? So Anthony Averett. Show me what you got, man. Like, are these Ravens fine until Jimmy Smith is back? Let's see. Let's find out from from Mr. Averett. So, Matthew Judon, Anthony Averett, you're on the bulletin board. Uh, let's see what you got on Sunday. Um, now that we've finished that, let's get into a prediction. Um, first home game for the Ravens. What do you think, Holly? Where, which way is this going to go? I think it's a little going to be a bit closer than last week. I'm going to say 28-16 Ravens. Closer than you want, but the Ravens pull it out at the end. Yeah, I. so the Ravens eat up rookie quarterbacks. And, you know, maybe Murray's different, um, but I don't, I, I, I don't think that he's going to be able to do much uh, against them, especially this, this Wink-Martindale defense. Um, I'm going to go with another blowout. Uh, I think it's going to be, let's see, not 59 again. I'll, I'll, maybe like a like a 30, 37 to 12. I think only field goals for the Cardinals. 37-12. Uh, Lamar dominates again. Mark Ingram, big game on the ground again. Uh, and I think the Ravens get out of there comfortably uh, and move to 2-0. and um, so there you have it. We both have the Ravens moving to two and zero, uh, and you know winning in fairly comfortable fashion uh, against the Cardinals. The week after is when things might get a little bit intense. Uh, got they got the trip to Kansas City, but for that episode, we are going to have our friend of the podcast, Mike Long, join us for Inside the Bank, where we will see what the atmosphere was like in Amity Bank Stadium. He is going to be with us all season uh, for all the home games. So, um, Holly, anything to add before we sign off? Not anything other than may this offense for offensive performance be the first of many. I, I kind of referred to this before, but there were a lot of questions about this Ravens team. I think the game against the Dolphins, you know, maybe maybe the questions still exist, but they were at least – um, 
partially addressed. So one of them was left guard. We got Bozeman who played well. How are we going to rush the passer? We got three sacks and 12 quarterback hits. Um, you know, what? how many carries is Lamar going to get? Three. You know, that's the ultimate best case scenario. Is Lamar going to be able to push the ball down the field? Yeah, he did that very, very well. So a lot of questions might still exist, but we still have we, we have some at least partial answers uh, to those and, and answers that worked out in our favor for sure. Um, and then before I let you sign off, I need I, I promised I would give um, my cousin Nina a shout out because I use her uh, University of Maryland ID to get a discount on NFL Sunday ticket so I can watch the game. So Nina, thank you for that. And Holly, you want to sign us off? Well, I love, I love that you're using a student discount. To get <laughs> so let me just say that is amazing. I hope you also used a student discount to order your Manders jersey. We I did. Hope that you did. Oh, that is even better. By the way, that is yeah, amazing. I got a nice discount on it. I got got my fiance a Marlon Humphrey jersey. So the Jersey Gang had big games against the Dolphins, both of them. Man, I'll tell you what, that is some some amazing stuff. But look, we'll 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 keep it here for this week. Thanks everybody for listening. Let's go Ravens. Go Ravens.